expectations. Week five is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. The fellas are back, and at least one-third of the boys is in a good mood because they had a good week in fantasy. Um, well, hey, guys. Good to, good, to, good to be back. Good to be here with y'all. Uh, that was, those that of you... was really unnecessary. Yeah, I don't know what I did to you. Yeah. Well, like, you uh, think this is unnecessary. I'm sure Fred's going to have a, a nice, nice video for at least <laughs> – Kiefer this week. I'm actually really looking forward to it. Like truly, um, I truly am. I he's the the videos he's been rolling out are just. I've been a lot of fun. As uh, as a professional shit talker myself, it's just been been really enjoyable. <laughs> well, I, I can't. I personally can't wait to see what he has in store uh, this upcoming week. Because uh, uh, the the roast of Gino last week was just it was uh, it was primo. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty hard to top that. Um, this is, I realize this is me pretty basically daring him to top it. It's gonna be pretty hard to top it though. I feel like that was just the culmination of a lot of pent up frustration. Maybe you know he mentioned he was having uh, he was real busy at work and stuff. And uh, I think Gino Gino did a little bit of trash talk leading up to it. Not much. He was mostly just like, "Oh, I need to defend my honor and defend Sigma Alpha Mu." And I don't know. I don't know that he's going to be able to put put up another triple double like that, but we'll see. I think you poked the bear. <laughs> Hopefully, he already has it made, and he doesn't see this bear poking. Uh... You better hope he's already made the video. I I kind of hope he hasn't. I kind of <laughs> hope this is, you know, this is going to add to it. You know, this is the this is the part where I'd insert the meme. I'm in danger. <laughs> I'm in danger. Be but like, uh, pause it right here and be like, at this moment, he knew he fucked up. <laughs> I should start. We should start plugging this in our, on our YouTube channel. Oh uh, well, he hasn't such a private, but I'd say we should start plugging it. But Fred doesn't want to make these public. That's that's totally cool too. Um, but welcome back, everyone. This is uh, the commish. Because waffles are better than pancakes. Because waffles are be because waffles are better. It's just not playing. It's good playing. Because waffles are better <laughs> than pancakes. Over and over. Over and over again. I can't hear it. Oh, it played. Oh, it's it's playing. Played. Rest assured. <laughs> you kept okay. clicking it, and it was like beep, 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 beep. <laughs> it's like when I was doing I my... I can't hear it at all. Like when I, I was doing my disco it. horn. <laughs> I can't hear it whatsoever. I'm, uh, I'm well, joined hope. with my trusty co-host, Keith. I drank a beer. I drank another beer. Three beers. Four beers. Oh, no. Five beers. Six beers. And uh, our, uh, I don't know if I can call you a super producer today if you can't even hear your own ones and twos, but uh, that's just, always we've got. Today. I'm just a producer. You <laughs> just are a producer. <laughs> it's been a long season already. <laughs> We're five weeks in. It's we've been already a long had... week, Philly. It's Tuesday. I know. We're five weeks in. That's we've already point. had a week off. <laughs> the guys are struggling. <laughs> oh, oh man! I, I said the performance today might be uninspiring. I think we're off to a good start. You know. <laughs> like I said, I have to make up for it. It's never been I... better. <laughs> My sense of humor will carry the team. Oh, should I do mine? Here you go. 
Yeah. Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my I don't know if you can play that one today. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to will everyone is hanging with your stuff right now. I'm going to will it into existence. <laughs> That's what you got to say. You got to put, put the good the good vibes out there. I, I'm telling you, I'm a firm believer of speaking things into existence. Kind of like I've kind of willed the fantasy lords right now, at least to at least uh, give me a good a start as i had last year and uh we'll see what happens after after week five because i'm pretty sure that's when i started fucking losing <laughs> i think i was four and one and then i ended the season or i was like three and one and i ended the season four and eight so you know uh i've already matched my win totals from last year so i'm, I'm pretty stoked about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's the only thing giving me a little bit of hope here is like you know um, Fern having an atrocious start to last season, finishing the year on like an eight or nine game win streak. Even even Fred last year wasn't uh, wasn't all that great, um, and then he just got hot and leveraged that into a championship round matchup. So. Hey man, I can't tell you how many times in the past five weeks I've just told I told myself just all you have to do is get hot. <laughs> all you have to do is just get hot. At the I can't right tell you how many times I've told myself I just need Keenan Allen to play, and he keeps not playing. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I, I hope, I just I hope get, he holds out for one more week for me. If I get eight straight wins, oh, baby. <laughs> or, <laughs> sorry, seven straight wins. Seven straight wins, I'm eight and four. Just just do me a favor and don't hold your breath. <clears throat> I think you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> just set your expectations low and you'll never uh, be disappointed. <laughs> could you just fucking chill <laughs> for five minutes? Uh. Man, you guys ready, are you guys ready to you guys ready to kick this off? Kick Here's off. how bad I've been this year. Okay, Billy's not ready. To kick <laughs> He's <it> not ready. <laughs> Joe hated me to start the year, and I've been so bad that he has absolved himself of his hatred and now just respects me. <laughs> and I think it's purely based on pity. I think it's a pity respect, and honestly, I'll take it. The glue guy and me will take it. <laughs> Well, um, on a positive note, no one has scored under 100 points in two weeks, and I think that's that's an improvement. So, um, shout out to the fellows. <laughs> Philly tried his hardest this week. <laughs> he tried so hard. I think, I think Philly's tried damn near every week, honestly. There was a moment when, with, like, um, with like three minutes left in the first quarter where I thought if, if both Travis, Kelsey, and Devontae Adams get a concussion right now, I'm golden. I, I mean, those two guys combining for what sixty points? Like that's that's pretty gnarly. <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, hey, Philly. Just uh, I don't know if you've been looking at your scores on a weekly basis, but uh, your just watch scoring, just, your high scoring. Just think about what you're about to say and just pause before you say it. Week one was your best week, and. I think you were like the high, you were like the third highest score, fourth highest score, fifth, and I lost, right? Yeah, yeah I lost. Me. Yeah, yeah. And then week two, I played Joe like I was supposed to. I would have won. Yeah. <sighs> like I said, the season doesn't count. Just put an asterisk next to it. Remember. Just, just, I I can't wait for the YouTube link to pop because that. That that's still there of you just putting your head in your hands like that's that's just too perfect. 
<laughs> just too perfect. Well, I just, did a, uh, I just did a surrender cobra for those um, <laughs> those audio listeners. Well, Keith's ready to turn this week around already, since it's only Tuesday. Uh, ready to continue our our, our winning streak. Uh, yeah, I mean the good news. The good news is my fantasy team. Well, the bad news is my fantasy team sucks. The good news is we're still unbeaten in the two minute drill. Um, but I will say this week I uh, I'm gonna really test us. It really put us to the test here. I crammed them with a lot of content here. I was feeling good about this week, so you know we're gonna we're gonna stretch our stretch our legs here and really figure out just how good we are. I can kick it into hyperdrive if needed. Uh, I don't th- I don't think we're gonna need I don't think we're gonna need that, but just keep it on deck. We're aiming for like a one fifty seven. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I, I, like like we said a couple weeks ago, I think uh, you know we're trying to hit the sweet spot somewhere between one forty five one fifty five. We've been clocking in around you know one thirty recently, so you know. We want to we want to make sure we're doing these matchups justice, but uh, obviously we are we are still trying to remain unbeaten here. So I'm ready when you guys are. You just say the word. Let's do it. Alrighty. Well, I'm gonna start this off in three, two. The Fighting Houseplants versus Hines on my Johnson in the Who's Your Daddy game of the week. The Houseplants absolutely throttle the Johnsons as the Houseplants get all but one member of their lineup in double figures, led by 43 points from Josh Allen. The Johnsons' disappointing start to the season continues as nearly everyone underperforms and they barely score 100. The Houseplants breeze past the Johnsons, 170-108. The Michael Carter 3 versus Kraft's personal masseuse and another not-close matchup. KPM gets a monster outings from Eckler and Lenny, combining for nearly half of KPM's point total. Carter 3 got welcome sights from Kamara and Gabe Davis as they put up solid performances in the loss. KPM over Carter 3, 148-115. Bunghole Burglars versus the Fellas and the Jets. The matchup of the week had, was yet another low-scoring affair as the Burglars edge out the Jets. The Burglars got good games from Chubb, Hollywood Brown, and the league's best fantasy defense in the 49ers. Ultimately, Joe Mixon failing to score a touchdown in the red zone seals the fate for the Jets. Burglars over the Jets, 113-111. Devonta's Inferno versus Camaro's Gridiron Gang. The impressive scoring for the Inferno continues as Derrick Henry rattles off his third straight 20-point Game and Mahomes and Diggs continue their strong starts. Gridiron Gang gets another strong outing from breakout rookie Pierce and business as usual for Cooper Cup, but sees a little else from the rest of the lineup. Inferno over Gridiron Gang, 151-101. Death Taxes and Kickers versus Magic Skullbus. The sliver of hope for the Skullbus heading into Monday night game. DTK got monster outings from Adams and Kelsey to turn this one into a blowout. For Skullbus, Dalvin turns in his first good performance of the year, but Jeff Wilson was the only other player in the lineup who met or exceeded projections. DTK cruises past Skullbus, 140 to 100. Ah, pretty good there. Pretty good. 141, 141.70. Wow. Still fast. <clears throat> I thought I thought I put I thought I put a lot of content into this one. I felt uh, felt like I did them justice, but we can do we can. I think we're just I think we're just we found our we've we've hit our stride here. You know, we found just, our, uh, we can keep pushing the limits. That's the the nice part. Um, before we before we get into our next thing, I, I'd like to see if if you guys have noticed. Uh, oh, I've I've started. I'm starting something new. Uh, as uh, as you guys may or may not know, I am the creative editor for Joe's weekly awards. Um, so I help edit his content. Um, but last year, my thing that I would do is I would find pictures of sad cows, uh, when, when discussing Joe, because he was, uh, it was a sad cow head cow. 
but this year he has made my life significantly easier uh, because his team name is the Jets. So now all I have to do is look up sad Jets. And what happens when you look up sad Jets is you get Jets fans. And uh, <laughs> so that's the content I'm going to be using for Joe for the rest of the year. Just... I, saw, I saw I saw the one today, the Misery Loves Company with the brown paper bags over the faces. Yeah, Jets fans. <laughs> <laughs> so my life just got a lot easier. <laughs> I imagine sad cows is probably a tough Google. <laughs> Honestly, it's easier than you'd think. <laughs> Surprisingly. Yeah, there's a like what what's a like uh what's rule is uh rule thirty forty one thirty four what's the like it's like if you can think of it ex- uh, like if you can, uh, it's something on Reddit but it's like if you Mo would know uh, if you can think of it there's a porn of it or something like that <laughs> that's the the basically the I'm not sure I'm familiar <laughs> it's some sort of internet rule it's like basically it's like uh. If you, if you can, can imagine think it, it exists. <laughs> yeah. So someone was like, I don't think there's a porn of myself. And then someone in the comment had like taken his avatar and turned it into like a hentai or something like that. Nailed <laughs> it. <laughs> and so it's like, <laughs> it exists. Well, so, famous. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much it's, uh, if you can think of it, it's out there. Unlike Devonta Smith memes, they just don't really exist. So I, it's hard to make my, make my job when I'm looking for Devonta memes. But, you know, here we are. Uh, that's uh, that's fun. But, yeah, I think this is a good outing. And I think uh, I'm ready to talk about some, some waiver wire targets and potential drops. Um, I've got some, uh, funny enough, one we talked about very early on in the year. I think, Keith, I think this one was, like, one you put on week one. Uh, I it think was. you put, I think you, you had Taysom Hill down week one. Uh, and, might not have showed out week one, but by golly, he had a heck of a game uh, this by past golly. week. Yeah. By golly. <laughs> I mean, I think, like, the, the Taysom Hill is, I mean, he's the ultimate gadget player, right? I mean, he can, I mean, he shows that he's obviously not a quarterback one. Uh, I think I think we all can agree to that. I mean, the Saints are paying him like one, but I don't think that he necessarily is one. Um, but I mean, he fits that gadget role so well. And even though he was only on the field for 30% of the snaps, he had what he had, he recovered a fumble. He had like three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown and put up 36 points. I'm like, if he can do that on a consistent basis, or if Dennis Allen decides that he wants to incorporate him into the offense like that on a consistent basis, that's a scary uh, like a potential ad for, um, for you know the quarter for the tight end position. It, what's crazy is he didn't even play week three against the Panthers, and he had against the Bucks he had one point four points, and he is still the number three tight end in standard and the seventh tight end overall in PPR. Like that's nuts. I think that just kind of shows the disparity in and the uh, the tight end position. And Keith, I'm sure you can talk more about what it means to why tight ends are premium in a 10-man league uh but yeah if Taysom can continue to do that so he might be a worth a stash he might not be worth a play on a weekly basis but um if his if his points can continue like that you're you're in you're in store for uh some sneaky points you just started looking up like his his career stats and i mean 
I, I shouldn't be surprised, but I almost am. He's got 30 career or 37 career touchdowns, almost 40 career touchdowns across, you know, rushing, receiving, and passing. And I think what makes him such a dangerous player is they do use utilize him in the passing game. And when they do, it's usually like these long bomb, you know, touchdown plays that kind of come out of nowhere. And I think being able to start a guy in the tight end position or the flex position um, who has the, the ability to also give you, you know, passing scores, um, that's invaluable. Um, and, li- and like you pointed out, the disparity between the between Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews and then the rest of the tight ends is it's this, it's a disgustingly wide gap. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, this is, this is a player where, you know, bye weeks are coming up on us. Uh, I know two or I think two, two teams at least are on bye week this week. I know the lions and I think one other, um, Texans are, are on buys this week. So with bye week starting to come up, um, you know, that, that already thin position of tight end might be, uh, might get even more thin and he, he might be worth stashing. Quite the disparity, though. I mean, if we're looking at <laughs> so, uh, Keith, let's do a quick, uh, quick game. Who do you, uh, quick guess on who you think the the number one tight end is currently? Without looking, it's probably Travis Kelsey. Yep, he has 112 fantasy points. Number two, you can probably take Mark an Andrews. easy guess. Yep, 91. Number three, Jason Hill. No, Gerald Everett. No, Gerald Everett is not. He's like number nine or ten. Number nine. Hmm. Uh, I'll say it. I'll say it. Hayden Hurst, maybe? Will Disley. Hmm. It's TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson. Oh, oh he had a 40-point yeah. game. That's a outlier. Right, but he has, he has 66. So it goes 112 fantasy points, 91 fantasy points, 66, 65, 64. I mean, and that just kind of shows you that, like, Kelsey won – Andrews two and then the rest by a mile, right? Yeah, like, that's nuts. And Taysom Hill is number seven, so that that kind of for points scored this year with sixty one. So, I mean, between the number three and number seven, there's a five point difference. So, yeah, you know, and like I said, Taysom had a week where he didn't play. Yeah, uh, so most of his points came last week, but still, like that's that's pretty nuts. Yeah. Uh, I was reading something this week where uh, they were talking a draft strategy was like, if you don't get Kelsey and Andrews, is it even worth drafting a tight end? Like, why not just use it on a different skills player and then get a tight end from, uh, you know, the yeah, waiver wire or something like that. Week, yeah. Because yeah, just play them like defenses and just stream one every week. Because yeah, because you don't know what you're going to get on a weekly basis. So tight ends uh, have truly become. And they're a premium in a four man league. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, it's funny because I, I actually do believe that tight ends are truly important, but I think the only position that is actually definitively more important is running backs. And this year, even tight ends are even more scarce than good running backs. And even the good running backs, it's few and far in between. Like, you know, there's a pretty large gap between, you know, Nick Chubb and, you know, whoever else you know I'd pro- I think if I had to guess off the top of my head it's probably Nick Chubb Austin Eckler maybe Leonard Fournette and Saquon are probably the top four right now and I, that's without looking close anything up. 
Oh, so you got uh, you so, got, and then there's probably a pretty pretty big gap there. Uh, Derek Henry probably worked his way back up into that conversation because he's just rattling off some pretty big games here. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just there's such a disparity. There's usually a pretty dis- big disparity in top running backs, but I mean, compared to tight ends, it's just not even particularly close. And so yeah, I mean, if if we had time machines and we could go back, like I'm sure more more people would probably have tried to grab Kelsey or Mark Andrews. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough, tough position this year, but talk to me about who you have written down for your, uh, for your other ad. Yeah, absolutely. So I put Jacoby Myers down here. Um, It's difficult for me to really truly get on board with really anybody in the Patriots offense right now. It looks like Ramondre Stevenson is really the only guy who's consistently fantasy viable, but He's going to be big this upcoming next few games too, with Damian yeah, Harris being out. With, with Damian Harris out, he's he's probably going to be um, he's probably going to be the Cooper Cup of the Patriots offense, and it'll be kind of a it'll be kind of a, a dog eat dog world in the rest of the Patriots offense. But Jacoby Myers has actually been pretty darn consistent. He's he missed the last two weeks, or he missed the previous two weeks, but came back and had a really strong game. Um, played he's played over eighty percent of the snaps in all three of his um, starts this year. The target share is really good. Six targets, 13 targets, eight targets. Um, And he's been really efficient. Even in the week that he only had um, six targets, he turned that into four receptions for 55 yards. So I think it's becoming pretty clear that um, if Mac Jones continues to miss time, Bailey Zapp is really looking his way. And I think as those two start to build um, some trust. And even if, even if, and when Mac Jones returns to the lineup, um, he's probably taking notes here on the, on the job that Jacoby Myers is doing. So, um, I think when you're looking at, we talked already about, you know, the, the running back disparity and how really, you know, if you went, I mean, unless you're Fred and you went running back heavy, you're probably getting let down right now. Um, because running backs just really aren't performing this year. So having, you know, an extra receiver, um, in your lineup that you can almost pencil in for 10 points, um, especially with bye week starting to roll up. Um, I think Jacoby Myers could be an interesting stash for some people. If I had to guess, I'm, I'm willing to bet anything. Gino's going to put in a claim for him. So when the waivers come out, um, <laughs> you know, late late tonight, early tomorrow morning, there's probably going to be a couple of claims in for, for Myers, and I'm willing to bet Gino will be one of them. And I think, uh, I think he's a worthwhile stash with, like I said, bye week starting to come up and, um, you know, there just being so many good viable receiving options right now. And there's really only one guy um, in the league who can, you know, roster three, you know, three, four running backs and it actually be viable. And that's Fred, who's got, you know, Lenny Eckler, um, Lenny Eckler, Sanders, and then, you know, Swift has been hurt. So um pretty much everybody else you're you're hurting for extra skill players um in the absence of running backs and i think this could be a worthwhile pickup no i totally agree he's i was looking at i was just looking at like snap percentages for the rest of the the wide receivers and pretty much everyone hits less than 50 percent on a on a weekly basis and he's the only one when he's healthy is mm-hmm. over over that 80 percent mark him and uh, hunter henry but even I mean Hunter Henry's been on the field for eighty eighty plus percent of the snaps every week, and he still doesn't break a double digit game. So yeah. uh, obviously, like we know, I mean, when the two weeks that he was out, Devontae Parker was the guy. Um, but uh, I mean, 
he had 10 targets in the one week that he was out and then uh he had the, like touchdown or two in the week after that but yeah obviously i think it's pretty clear and obvious who the who the the guy is there in in, in new england um not country born not nelson Aguilar. it's uh jacoby myers yeah so yeah. i think that's a great a great uh ad for this week um thinking about who we could probably drop um do you have a preference on which one you want to talk about keith um, I can talk about the guy on my roster because um, I'm definitely looking to drop him. We'll see if my waiver claims go through. Uh, but yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at Dalton Schultz here. Um, he was one of the guys that I think a lot of fantasy experts and I think a lot of even just you know casual football fans, um, but certainly um, you know diehard football fans were expecting to break out. I picked up Dalton Schultz in the fourth round, which um, which I knew was a bit of a reach. Um, but I don't think really anybody could have imagined that he would be um, this underutilized, especially on a Cowboys team that is four and one right now, or three and one, three and one, yeah, three and one. Um, four, and, four and one. Four and one. Did they move to four and one? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. We are in week five. Um, and yeah, so he's just been tremendously underutilized in a for for a team that is performing as well as they are. Now, granted. Um, the Cowboys are not four and one because their offense is, you know, destroying people. They're four and one because their defense is one of the best in football. Um, but if you'd have told me that the Cowboys would be four and one after five weeks, I would tell you that, you know, CD Lamb and Dalton Schultz are probably having big years. Um, so, like I said, with with just the disparity in tight ends this year, um, he's he's been a bit of a letdown, and right now just eating up a roster spot that you need to be stocking up on, you know, receivers. Yeah, I I would agree. I, he was one that I had written down just because I was kind of casually browsing, and uh, I 100% agree with you that it's not because the Cowboys have a potent pass offense because, uh, I mean, against the Rams, Cooper Rush had 102 passing yards. So, you know, that's uh, that's not a recipe for success when it comes to, you know, any, any, any uh, pass-catching player. Um, and then pencil into that he, uh, Dalton Schultz also re-aggravated his PCL injury uh, that's just inconsistent and you know I don't think you can count on him to get you points maybe that changes when Dak's back so maybe you like maybe he you get lucky and they put him on the IR and you can throw him on your IR spot but yep. uh, it's just uh, it's too unpredictable without without Dak I think I think when he's healthy and when Dak's healthy uh, you can kind of see what that I mean. Week one, they, they he had 13 points, and obviously Dak got hurt week one, but that's still pretty good. And then after that, it's only been downhill from there. So, I mean, he's been on the field pretty much 90% of the times, but just not getting looks. So it's tough to tough to keep him. The the player that I wrote down uh, for this was Chase Edmonds. Um, I think it's kind of obvious where he's he's kind of fallen out of out of favor in uh, Miami. Uh, they went run heavy last week, or I guess this past week with uh, Raheem Mostert, and he had a monster game. Um, I mean the 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 Jets ran all over the uh, the Dolphins, so that that kind of tells you what what was going on. Uh, but I mean, Chase Edmonds was only on the field for 15% of the snaps. I mean, and his snap percentage has gone down from 63% week one down to 15% this week. And he only had one attempt for one yard and he had two targets in the passing game. So um, I think uh, 
in Miami, at least the guy is going to be Raheem Mostert. Um, and I think Miles Gaskins is probably going to be the uh, pass catching back, if I had to guess. Uh, there, I haven't looked. I didn't. I remember seeing he had some pretty good target. Yeah, he had five targets last week, uh, and that was his first time really playing. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think the two guys there. If you're gonna, I mean, Miles Gaskins had his first action of the week in week five, so probably not someone you want to add, but. Uh, Raheem Mostert, if you have him, which uh, Fred does. <laughs> that's another running back that Fred has that's going to be uh, ticking up. Uh, that's the guy you'd want in that situation. So, Austin, mm-hmm. if you're listening, go ahead and drop Chase Edmonds. It's a safe bet. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, we were supposed to do some, some over-under reactions to week five. We could... Always talk about. Uh, we can do some quick hitters here if you want. Just throw out. Yeah. Who? Keith, you want to start? Uh, let me think here. Let me let me see. Let me see what we got here. We wanna. We're gonna do both NFL and uh, our fantasy one. Well, I think at this point, really, there's. I don't think there's any over or under reactions left in our fantasy group. I mean. You look at you look. I mean, the the top of the league is starting to separate themselves, um, and the bottom of the league has already separated themselves. And Philly and I are uh, firmly in that that bottom group. Um, sorry, Philly. <laughs> just speaking realistically here. <laughs> I, I just want to. I just want to. Just for the record, I am the eighth ranked person, um, which honestly. Make me feel better if it didn't mean that I'm just one more waiver wire away from getting the guy that I want. <laughs> it just, <laughs> at this point, it just moves me farther away from getting the guy that I want. <laughs> Who's the guy that you want? <laughs> so that's the that's the only the only upside now is just all right. Keep sucking for those waiver picks that aren't helping anyway. <laughs> right. Who's Who's the guy that you want, Philly? I don't know. <laughs> Philly, I don't think I don't think anybody's reaching for the same people as us right now, man. Well, you're ahead. Of, I'm not going to give away my strategy to you. We also we also don't drop this until tomorrow after the waivers process. Yeah, but so. you're still ahead. Of me, he so. thinks that he thinks that you're going to steal his waiver claim. Mm, Maybe. I mean, I'll I'll tell you mine. I got no I got no shame in mine. I go I went for Hayden Hurst and Jacoby Myers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens uh, there. What's, what's, I have, your, what's your priority on him? You have Hayden Hurst one. Hayden Hurst one, just because I'm not I'm not so sure about. I mean, the Gerald Everett pickup looked looked great, and I still think it'll be fine. Um, I still think he'll probably be, end up being my starter on most weeks. But <clears> yeah, um, with Keenan Allen set, hopefully coming back. I mean, shit. Hopefully not. I guess I guess my first overreaction is Keenan Allen ever going to play football again? No. <laughs> um, and honestly, if I had to put money on it right now, I think I'd, I think I'd bet on no. I think he's just going to retire. You you wouldn't you wouldn't be wrong for thinking that. I just I don't get it. I mean, we talked about it last week, but I just I'm I'm having a hard time really understanding at this point. Like, why didn't they just put him on the IR? You know, at least if they put him on the IR, I could have tried to pick up somebody else um, to kind of fill that spot for a little bit, but. Man, this is just uh, brutal. I mean, uh, is Mike Williams even eating the targets as like 
Yeah, I mean, Mike yeah. Williams had 22 against me this, this week, so. Yeah, yeah, Mike Williams. Dude, Mike I mean, Williams that, that was the frustrating part is, like, Mike Williams had a big game. It's not like the Chargers didn't didn't pass the ball. They just they gave him all to Mike Williams, and no, nothing went to Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett, I think he had one or two targets, three targets, one catch, two yards, you know? And it's like that's by far his worst game of the season. I would um, say Herbert didn't necessarily have a – so Herbert had 22 completions. 13 of those went to Mike Williams. Yep. <clears throat> Sheesh. Yeah. So, um, is it my? I guess my my first official one. Okay. Is it is it officially an overreaction that or an underreaction that the Eagles are the best team in football? I know what their record says. Um, I want to think critically here. Do we actually believe that the Eagles are 5-0 and good? Do we think that they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender at this stage? We're at little, little under the third-way mark in the season. Oh, I think they've had some good wins and some, some, some you know, big wins, some clutch, some clutch stuff. But um, they've been in a couple tight ones. I mean, they blew up the Vikings, which, you know, rest in peace me. Um, but I, I just, um, I don't think that they're better than the chiefs or the bills. I think if we held a super bowl tomorrow and they played either one of those teams, which are the two teams that I would imagine would be the AFC locks. I don't think they're beating either one of those teams. So I think they're good. I don't think they're the best team in football. They're probably i'm i'm really interested to see the cowboys is is interesting to me i don't think the cowboys are better than the eagles necessarily um but the cowboys are four and one with cooper rush at quarterback um assuming until he proves us otherwise that Dak is a significant upgrade from cooper rush i'd be really interested to see what that looks like and i think the meet divisional rivals um i think that could I could see them getting upset in the playoffs, uh, even by the Giants. Um, so I'm not sold on the Eagles. I do think they're very good. Their offense is really good. Their defense seems um, like they decide to play some weeks and some weeks they decide to just like phone it in. Um, but their offense is going to keep them in games. Um, and and you know, there's, there's a harder, there's a hard to not root for a guy like Jalen Hurts. Um, so. That's kind of where I stand on them. Yeah. Uh, being an Eagles fan, obviously, uh, it's a little bit like different, right? Uh, I, the Eagles are way further ahead this year than I thought they would be. Uh, just the the progress that they've made and obviously how he made some good moves in the front office uh, this offseason to, to get them where they are. Um, it'll be really interesting to see uh, what happens with injuries as well. Um, uh so against the the Cardinals at one point, we were down like three starters on our O-line, which when healthy, the Eagles probably have top three O-line in the, in the, in the league. Um, so if Jordan Mailata is healthy, if, you know, uh, Jason Kelsey's healthy, Leonard Dickerson, I think, uh, I think that plays a big piece of it too. Um, our defense is hard to judge. Uh, like, I mean, Everyone was like, your defense is sus. Week one when the, the Lions, you know, ran all over us. 
Uh, and then week two is a completely different team. Uh, apparently, Vic Fangio has been consulting with uh, our, our defense. And so I think that's helping kind of with the scheme. Um, we've also had injuries in our secondary with like our starting slot cornerback, Devontae Maddox, being hurt. So I think if they're healthy, um, they're, they're, they can probably hang with any of them. Um, but it's, it's, uh, I feel like we just have a bunch of trap games from here on out. Uh, the Eagles have like the easiest schedule, uh, from here to the rest of to the end of the season. I think by, I think we play like as things stand right now, like, uh, three teams with a winning record right now. Um, so it's, it's just hard to, I mean, granted we're five weeks in, so it's just hard to judge. Um, like I said, it's like, uh, I mean, going from where we were last year, I think we started the season like two and five, and now we're five and oh this year. It's just a complete 180. So um, I don't think they're the best team, but um, uh, I mean, the Eagles embrace that underdog mentality and that they got that dog in them. So I, uh, I'd put them up against anyone, but I don't know if they're super. I don't know. I, I, I did definitely didn't come in with the mindset of them being Super Bowl contenders this year. Uh, but you know, they can, they're, they're showing that they, they can win any type of game. So they can blow you out. They can win a close one. Um, I think this week against the Cowboys will be a real test. And, uh, I think that'll really be a real, real, real indicator of what, what they're made of. So, um, if we play Jordan Davis, we stop the run. So that's the, that's the piece there. Uh, that's what the Cowboys are going to try and do probably since, uh, obviously their passing attack isn't there, but. Uh, if we stop the run, I think the, the Eagles are in for a good spot. So we'll see. I don't know. I, I think it's probably a little bit of an overreaction. I, I keep seeing them ranked one of the power rankings, and I'm like, this can't be real. Like, I like this feels like 2017 all over again when, you know, they went like 11-5 and five and they're such a good team that year. And that was another one that I didn't expect them to be that good, uh, second-year head coach. Um, <clears throat> So oh, yeah, you know. and and losing, you know, Carson Wentz in the middle of an MVP caliber season, you know. Right, right. So uh I think it's just an interesting uh we've got all the pieces there. So if they if you know they can keep it together and they can add and build, I, I think Howie's gonna be aggressive at the trade deadline and uh see where they add and upgrade. Um but we'll see what happens. Uh like I said, I didn't expect to be five and oh, so um, but I'll take it. Yeah, I think um, just kind of like one final piece before we move on to the next one. I think um, I think ultimately it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts as a passer. Obviously, they have an excellent run game, um, and they've got the ability to beat you with Jalen Hurts as a runner. They've got Michael, Miles Sanders, um, and you know they still have you know good backups. Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, I think is still around. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't been in the, hasn't been in the rotation quite as much, but. Um, they can beat you on the ground. We know that much. Um, and I think really when you get to the playoffs, especially as you get up against, you know, like a potential matchup against the Bucks, who have a great passing game, um, hasn't been um, stellar to start the year. It's going to be, can you keep up with them um, through the air? And I think that's where we're going to find out really just how good of a passer and just how well Jalen Hurts has developed. Um, you're going to need AJ Brown, um, to obviously be everything you hope for, um, and more, um, come that point in the season. But I mean, right now, like I said, I mean, power rankings, it's all about what have you done for me lately? Mm. And lately the Eagles are five and oh, they're the only unbeaten team in football. So it makes sense that they're 
you know, tops in the power rankings. But yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with Philly. I think it's, I mean, they're both they're both in the AFC, so only one of them can make it to the Super Bowl. But I think it's it's the Bills and Chiefs world, and everyone else is just living in it right now um, until further notice. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they game plan for those games. I didn't love the Eagles game plan going into the Cardinals game. Uh, the Cardinals are a very blitz-heavy team, and our counter to that was we're going to throw a bunch of you know bubble screens and a bunch of uh, wide receiver screens. So we kind of phased A.J. Brown out of – I think he only had like two catches or something like that. And uh, I, I don't think that works against teams like the Bucks and stuff like that. So uh, I'll, I'll I think see – Obviously, interested to see how they adjust to different game plans going forward because I wasn't necessarily blown away with the offensive game plan against the Cardinals. I think the the, the thing this year is like if it's taught us anything, it's get the ball to your playmakers. Um, like the Vikings have been, you know, as a unfortunately as a Vikings fan, <laughs> um, we're four and one, but I don't feel like we deserve to be four and one. I feel like we've been in a lot of close games. Um, but it wasn't until we started feeding Justin Jefferson that we started, you know, I think playing to our best. And so the same thing, if, you know, AJ, if AJ Brown's not getting the ball, you know, what are you going to do? That Debo Samuel for the 49ers, like they're on a streak. And I think, you know, Debo, Jeff Wilson kind of stepping into his own, like get the ball to your playmakers and don't worry about anything else. Um and you'll see what happens. I say that though, and the Lions uh, have scored a, the third most points in the league, <laughs> and have uh, 170 points scored the against them, and are one and four. So, all that to say, you're you can have the best offense in the NFC North and still be one and four. Hey, but um, the Lions got shut out last week. So, so my to to the point of the Eagles, we don't have to believe the Eagles point anymore. But um, the NFC East. Is the NFC East for real? The NFC beast, you mean? The, <laughs> I think okay, that's what we're don't forget, actually, don't forget the, the Washington Commanders still play in the NFC East. So that's the real um, stepchild, quite thoroughly. Yeah. I think um so so my my question, my we know but we talk about the Eagles. For the Cowboys and the Giants, um, you know, how much of that is um, you know, maybe taking advantage of some close games that um, could have gone either way um, and some small mistakes maybe led to that. How much of that is an act of being good? I, specifically, the Cowboys, I think, have been pretty consistent, particularly on defense. Um, they've not been allowing a ton of points on defense. They've not been scoring a ton of points, but the defense keeps playing the way that they've been playing. They don't need to. The Giants went in with who was their number one receiver? I honestly can't even remember his name. Kenny it's some Gallagher. random man that I never I didn't even know the person played in the NFL was their number one receiver against the Packers. And Daniel Jones was the quarterback. Daniel Jones. And he outdueled uh Aaron Rodgers in London. So is that a team that's for real? Is that a culture thing? Is this a is this a 07 where we kind of just you know dog on Eli Manning and then he comes in the playoffs? And then make a run for it. They kind of keep themselves in it until the playoffs, and then make a run for it. Is this a team that falls apart after their bye, and the, their weaknesses get exposed? Um, I kind of wonder that for both the Giants and the Cowboys, but more specifically the Giants. And so my larger question is: Is the NFC East for real, um, or are they uh, kind of just wearing a little bit of a mask that that might get pulled off 
in the coming weeks. I think I think the I think the Cowboys are probably. I mean, the Cowboys have beaten both both uh, the AFC and defending AFC NFC champs from last year. They beat the Bengals and they beat the the Rams and. I think probably both those teams are in a Super Bowl hangover. But um, with that being said, they they their defense does look legit, and uh, Cooper Rush has been serviceable, uh, and he works right. Uh, the Giants, I it's like I forget what it's, it's like the the Jack Sparrow meme or whatever. It's like you're the you're the worst four and one team that I've ever heard of, and it's like but you've heard of us, and I I kind of think that that's the case for the Giants. Uh, historically, I was reading an ESPN article about it, but like they're like statistically like the worst four and one team. Like since they've been calculating DVOA, they're like the fourth the fourth worst team since like the nineteen eighties uh, when they started calculating it. So uh, I think I'm gonna give Brian Dable credit. Like he's he's scheming right, he's doing everything right, and he's you know they're winning. Uh, he's got Saquon looking like Saquon again, and uh, I mean he's winning games with David Sills as the wide receiver one, uh, all while paying Kenny Galladay like twenty million dollars to not play basically. So, uh, like their skill positions are god awful because like I think they're starting with a rookie tight end and Daniel Bellinger. Uh, like Richie James is their wide out, you know, they they don't have good skills players. So like, I think the, I don't know, like the Packers are obviously a decent team, but I think if they play, if they were to play like the bills, I think they'd get blown out kind of like a similar, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to say the Eagles get blown out just because I'm an Eagles fan. But um, I think if they played like the bills or the chiefs, that'd be another one where they'd get, one out. I mean, they could very well finish the the season eight and nine, you know. So um, I, I I can't believe that they're four and one. Um, like kudos. I don't think to they them. can believe it either. I think, like I said, kudos to them for being four and one. But uh, at some point, I like I keep saying it. Like at some point, the shoes, the other, the other, what is what's the saying? The other shoe's gonna fall. I don't. I don't. Yeah, the other shoe's gonna drop. Yeah, I think I think I think where I think the, we'll see we're like. At some point, we're going to get the real Giants. Uh, well, at least the Giants that I imagine them to be. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think the I think the Cowboys are more for real than the uh, the Giants are. But that's just uh, me. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I think I think we'll learn a lot more about the Giants. The Giants still, you know, they they played the Cowboys and they lost. Um, they still have to play the Eagles twice. They still have to play the Cowboys again. Um, and they still have to play the Commanders twice. Um, not to say that the Commanders is exactly a tough matchup, but um, that's just to say that they still have to play um, five more division games down the stretch. So I think we'll find out a lot more about them, especially in comparison to the rest of the division um, in short order. Um, but I, I think I, I think I overall agree. I don't, I don't think that they're as good as their record indicates. I think they've, um, there's something to be said for finding a way to win. Um, but when you look at like just the stats on this team, it's just, it's not, it's not winning football. Um, Daniel Jones has three touchdowns on the season. Um, he's got like, a, like just over a thousand yards of total offense between passing and rushing yards. Um, and I think he's got like five or six total touchdowns. 
Um, and that, that's just, that's not winning football. They have two receivers over 150 yards receiving on the season. And one of those just barely is barely scraping 150 yards. Um, but like I said, there's something to be said for finding a way to win. And, you know, sometimes it's better to be better to be lucky than good. And I think right now they've started off the season really lucky and they've positioned themselves in a, in a spot where, you know, even if you play 500 football for the rest of the season, you're probably still going to have a playoff spot. And um, in the playoffs, you know, who knows what happens? Um, they've got they've got a workhorse running back who can definitely run you to a win or two. They've got a defense that's good enough um, for right now. So who knows? I think um, on the on the topic of the Cowboys, because we've already spoken at length about the Eagles, um, I think Philly really hit the nail on the head in talking about Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott. You assume Dak Prescott is an upgrade, and I think we can all agree Dak Prescott is better at the game of football than Cooper Rush. And so when he comes back, you assume the Cowboys will get even better. And we've already pointed out they're not winning on the strength of their offense. They're not blowing people out. They're not dropping, you know, 30 points a game. Um, they're, you know, they're doing just enough on the offensive side of the ball, and they're following the lead of, of a really, really good defense. Um, and, you know, I think they're, they're another one that's just kind of wait and see. I'm not going to say that I, I look at their stats, and I think it's more believable that they're, four and one as opposed to the Giants just because of how much better their defense is. And I think with Michael Gallup coming back into the lineup, um, CD lamb finally looking like CD lamb of last year. And you're, you're doing all this without Dak Prescott, who again, we presume is all better um, is better at football than Cooper rush. I think they could be a very dangerous team. I think we'll learn a lot about them this weekend, um, regardless of whether or not Dak Prescott plays I think if they're able to pull off a win without Dak Prescott, if it Dak doesn't play, um, that's only going to like light the fires even even hotter of like, oh, well, we beat you guys without, you know, an all pro Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. You know, just imagine what we can do when Dak gets back or if Dak does play and they win, then it's like, OK, well, we're clearly the best team because we made it this far without Dak and now we've got him back. Um, versus the flip side of that, you know, that Dallas, if they do lose, it's, hey, we don't have Dak. Um, you know, uh, or if they lose and they do have Dak, then it's, well, you know, it's fool's gold and, you know, the Eagles are going to run away with it. So, um, I, I say all that to say, I'm not sure that the NFC East is truly the NFC beast. Um, but right now you have to go off the information that you have available and you've got three teams with a combined two losses at this point in the season. And that's pretty darn good. Um, but again, I think I think for the Giants, it's it's still up in the air, and for the Cowboys, like we just got to see um, what happens when Dak gets back. So, all right, I, and I guess I can I can round us out. I I can do a rather quick question, and I, I will uh, I will leave it up to the group whether we want to do a low expectations related question or if you want me to do an NFL related question. If you got a good low expectations one, let's yeah. do low expectations. Let's okay. do low expectations. So currently we have we have five teams that are under 500. Uh, so obviously under 500. Of those five teams, which do you think is most likely to turn not turn their season around? But who do you think like if the season were to end tomorrow or in the two weeks, who do you think is most likely to claim that sixth playoff spot? 
and uh, I'd like to know uh, what, like your your reasoning behind it as well. I'd probably have to say Carl at this point. Um, you know, when you look at the the four teams that are one and four or worse, um, I'm and I mean right now, um, you know, obviously we're we're including Austin in this because he's he's that fifth team who's below five hundred. Um, but I mean, Carl has by far the most points for, um, of the teams currently below 500. I think, what does it look like? The next best is, is Joe with 560 points for versus 626. So by far the most points for, but also second most points against. And Joe's the only one with a higher points against, but he's got, you know, 30 more points against than everybody else. Um, I think Carl is, I think Carl just has the most friendly roster here when it comes to, um, you know, being able to score a lot of points. You got Jalen Hurts, um, who's playing out of his mind. And obviously he adds so much additional value with, as a runner, you've got um, Saquon Barkley looking like Saquon of old. Christian McCaffrey's still not playing outstanding, but now he's starting to get more involved in the passing game, and that's really what's been the difference these last two weeks um, for Christian McCaffrey. Um, and then he's got a stable of some pretty darn good receivers. Uh, Christian Kirk had a, a bad week last week, um, but he's also got Jerry Judy. Um, he's got DJ Moore, CeeDee Lamb. Um, he's got guys who you know he can rotate into those two receivers or flex spot. Um, and put up points with anybody. I mean, you know, like I said, the scoring is there. It's not that he's not scoring a bunch. Um, of the teams amongst five, over 500, um, you know, he would be the, the fourth, fifth highest, fifth highest scoring team um, if he, you know, if records were flipped here. But um, so I think he's probably the guy who's the most dangerous, who can get hot um, and make a run and claim that last spot. Um, but as it stands, I mean, he's just having, he's having Joe level fantasy luck as far as, um, the matchups he's, that he's getting, um, with the exception of this week, every, every matchup has been pretty close. Um, and he's, you know, he's had the points on his roster to win those matchups. So, um, so yeah, I think Carl's my pick here. If, if I had to guess, if I had to place money right now, put money down right now, for um, the sixth playoff spot, it'd probably be Carl. Any uh, any 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 different thoughts, Billy? Listen, what kind of manager would I be <laughs> if I gave up on my team now? I can't go in a public setting <laughs> and dog my team. Okay. Yeah, leave so, it for us. <laughs> so my pick is me. Now. Two weeks? I don't, I don't know. We, I got Fred this week. Um, and uh, Fred, um, thankfully, uh, it's the Lions by week. So I'm on Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift um, won't be there. I, I still maintain, looking at my roster, that um, I think people are starting to hit their stride. Um, I have some folks that have produced before, like Jalen Waddell. Um, that uh, he had Tua and then he had Teddy Bridgewater, and then I don't even know who played. I don't even know who played for Teddy after 
was um, he had injured from, rookie from Kansas State. I don't remember Skyler Thompson yeah, so, or something like that. So it, you know, if Tua comes back this week um, or you know in the next couple of weeks, like I I think this is a team, and I feel like I feel pretty good about my depth on my bench. Um, that we can make a run. Um, you know, the next couple of weeks I've got um, I've got Fred, which is going to be difficult. But as we navigate bye weeks, I think there's some opportunities to pull off some upsets there. Um, I I was fairly smart in the way that I drafted my team, and I I won't have a ton of huge gaps at each position, so um, it won't be you know missing a whole fleet of starting receivers or a whole fleet of starting running backs um, in each of the bye weeks. So I've got Keith week seven. Um, got Fern in the Kenya rematch week eight. Um, the bunghole burglars week nine. Um, so I, I think there's some opportunities. I'm playing some decent teams, but I think there's some opportunities to get some wins. Um, so all that to say, I think our team can pull it together and get those W's and find ourselves as a six seed and then maybe make some noise. Maybe make some noise. Who knows? Who knows? I, I mean, I appreciate the confidence. I, I don't. I don't hate the confidence. Um, you know, so I think. Yeah. I think you know. If we, if we wanted to play the, if we wanted to go with the homer pick, I think I could also make a case for myself. I've just been injured. My guys have been hurt every single week. Um, but I mean, being realistic here. Uh, it's gonna take it's gonna take some serious fantasy luck for either one of us to to go from one and four to a playoff spot. So, uh, but I think I think the the evidence the evidence at least is there um, to support Carl as opposed to any one of us. And I think we all know it ain't happening for Joe, no matter what. <laughs> no, I'm not saying no. anything about Joe. P- people mm. people love scoring points against Joe. I was looking at this today. He has. The most points against by, I mean, it's he has 722 points against compared to if you look at Fred in first, I mean, Fred in first place has 591 points against. So people love scoring against Joe. So, yeah. you know. Well, you know, and it was funny is heading into this matchup, I think I had like the lowest or the second lowest points against. And so I was like, okay, maybe, you know, I think Joe awarded me. Um, points vacuum last year and I was like okay you know hey maybe that's continuing maybe maybe Fred will just have an off week and then Lenny and Austin Eckler just took a dump on that idea <laughs> yeah yeah I was gonna say you gotta it's that and it's looking at like Mo because Mo is another one that's four and one but his points for are 598 which is crazy uh so he's getting wins but not because he's playing the right lineups you know uh yeah. compared to like Fred, who has points for 746, right? Like, I think that speaks volumes, but uh, Mo's point, his max points for 762. So, you know, I mean, the points are there. He's just got to play the right lineups. And again, he's he's getting by, he's winning. So that, that, I think that tells you, you know, everything you should know. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, like I said, as, as the season kind of progresses. But cool, I appreciate, appreciate y'all's uh, insight on that. Um, Obviously, our way too early hot seat uh, consists of the four teams that are, uh, uh, well, three teams that are one and four, and Joe. Um, so <laughs> and Joe. Uh, 
So yeah, it's uh, it'll be an interesting. Uh, Joe's interesting... about to request you as his rivalry matchup. You don't <laughs> chill out. Hey, Joe had the opportunity to set me as his rival. I think everyone would probably set me up their rival if they could. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think that. I mean, it'll be interesting. I think. I mean, the nice thing is, is that I think like once we get to the 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 top six and the bottom four, I don't. Like I think it'll be it'll be a, a shootout either way, you know, whether you're going for the the championship or you're going for the the hot seat, uh, it'll just be a different kind of shootout either way. Fair but uh, brings us to our, our final segment, my favorite segment. And I just had it. Uh. Well, I was looking up. I have something else lined up. We're doing some. We're doing another segment. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. We have at least four submissions this week. Let me check if one more came in by chance. Nope. Okay. So I'll go ahead and read them off. Um, how do we want to select it this week? Um. I mean, I'm I'm for I'm for anything. Um, I I kind of like all these questions. I want to I want to jokingly answer Fred's question, but uh, 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 let me read them off and then I'll let you answer it first. How about that? All right, cool. cool, cool. Okay, first question we have is from Mauricito. Uh, his question is best Tarantino film and why? It's a good mm. question. Question two from Fern, and I'm convinced that Fern just Googled this because it does not <laughs> sound like him. Uh, you have discovered a beautiful island upon which you may build your own society and you can even make the rules. What's going to be the first rule you'll put into place? Again, this does not sound like Fern. Uh, question three is from Cheese. What is a sport superstition that you 100% believe in? Uh, and D, Fred, how does it taste, Keeper? <laughs> um so fred um it, it'll it'll really depend on the roast video um right now it doesn't taste good but if i'm able to laugh about it later in the roast video it might be easier pill to swallow so um again this is kind of an open challenge uh bring your best if you haven't already uh, started working on that video <coughs> so all right which uh which question would we like to answer fellas I'll just put out there, I'm quite partial to Tarantino films, so I would love that question, but I don't dislike the other two. Um, so if any of you feel partial to either of those two questions, I am in full support of those as well. I like Tarantino. I'm down for Tarantino. Who wants to start? I am happy to start. Go for it. Go ahead. Best Tarantino film, in my opinion, by a country mile, is Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Um just an ep an excellent cast um brad pitt was just incredible in it christoph waltz plays just an incredible german nazi villain um the opening scene in the in the shack on the you know german countryside and you know he's visiting with the family and the the um the jewish family is hiding under the under the floorboards and like um you know, Christoph Waltz starts speaking English so that they can't understand him. And he's, you know, kind of talking to this, this farmer dad, who's just kind of helping this Jewish family. Um, 
and just like all the like the little subtle details and that's like kind of a, a staple of tarantino films is like the overemphasis on like the smallest things it'll be like a random shot and i'm not i'm not talking about inglorious bastards here but it'll be like a random shot of like a glass that has condensation condensation on the outside that's like kind of dripping down the glass it'll just be like a quick shot to look at that um it's just that that's just kind of his filmmaking style but um just the classic lines like you can't go more than like 10 15 minutes apart in that movie without some sort of classic line the the scene where they're near the sewer and they've got the, all the nazis lined up and they're trying to get him to like talk and <laughs> brad pitt's like have you heard of the bear jew and he comes out of the comes out of the sewer with the baseball bat or like the the line about we ain't in the prisoner taking business, we in the killing Nazi business, and cousin business is booming. Like it's just so great. But my my all time favorite line from that movie, or really, I'd probably put this up against any line, was when they're trying to make the plan to go to the, um, to go to the 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 premiere, the movie premiere. And they're like, yeah, we're gonna pose as like these Italian butlers or servants and. Brad Pitt's like, well, I speak a little Italian, so I'll do most of the talking. He here speaks the second most Italian, and then this guy speaks the third most. He goes, I don't speak any Italian. And Brad Pitt says, yeah, like I said, third most. Just keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> uh, just absolutely classic. It's just, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. And in my opinion, it's not particularly close. It's his best film. Billy, you want to okay. go next? Um, yeah. I... Probably, I wouldn't say it's his best, but my favorite is um, Jingle and Shade. Um, I just, if you can make people laugh at a movie filled with slavery and somewhat graphic depictions of it, and no, not somewhat um, graphic, very graphic. <laughs> yes, I'm, I, it's not Twelve Years a Slave graphic, but it's it's pretty graphic. Um, like I, there's just so many quotable lines from it, and uh, I just um, Christoph Waltz is amazing in that as well. Um, Jamie Foxx is amazing. Samuel Jackson's amazing. I just um, DiCaprio, yeah, yeah. Like Inglorious Bastards. I don't know if it's one for me that I'm gonna if it's on TV. I'm just gonna go ahead and watch it. But Django's one that like if it's on TV, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it on and keep watching it. And hope I didn't miss the um, the clan hood scene. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a that's a classic one too. That that's another one like a lot like Inglorious Bastards. Just the the quotable lines in it throughout the entire movie are just absolute gold. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was gonna say I was gonna say Django as well. Uh, I, I really like Christoph Waltz as a just anything that he does i mean he's great in any of the, the james bond movies that he's been in recently and obvious glorious bastards but yeah him and that and jamie fox is great the cinematography in Django is really good uh, i think he shot it on eight millimeter and so you i mean when the the blood spraying on the cotton that's just such an iconic scene from uh from that it's just got great one-liners it's great story i mean uh he's just uh just a really talented director and writer and uh yeah, Django is probably my favorite. I mean, but you could you could really throw any of them up there. I think Once yeah. Upon a Time in Hollywood is another good one. 
Reservoir Dogs, you know, Kill Bill, Bill, Bill One and Two, Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction yeah. right? So uh, he just, he did. another one that I think is actually underrated is Hateful Eight. I yeah. uh, I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, I don't think it's one of his best, um, and I certainly wouldn't put it ahead of like Kill Bill One and Two or Inglorious Bastards or Django. But I think that's one of the ones that is just like really sneaky good and a lot like Django, like it makes you laugh about just incredibly racist stuff. <laughs> yeah. And like, you really feel bad about laughing at it, but you're just like, well, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to make you laugh at this stuff. And it's just, yep. it's so unintentionally yeah. funny. It's Actually, it's intentionally funny, but it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty interesting, but I'm pretty sure Samuel Jackson has been in every single movie that he's done in some role or another, even if he's not like, huh. I think he's a few where he's uncredited, but he's like a narrator or something like that in, in some of them. But I think you can find that Samuel Jackson is, has some sort of a role in, in every single movie somehow. So kind of a cool friendship partnership that they have. There's just like, there's people that Tarantino just doesn't miss with. Like you just know if it's Tarantino and Leo DiCaprio, he's, he's not going to miss. If it's Tarantino and Samuel L. Jackson, he's not going to miss. If it's, Tarantino and Christoph Waltz, he's not going to miss. Um, and so, I mean, like, when when they announced Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I was like, Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio and Tarantino, I was like, this is, I, I don't I don't need to see a trailer. I'm going to go watch it. And it right. didn't disappoint. It, it, to me, it, it reminds me a lot of, like, Scorsese and Leo DiCaprio. Like, those two don't miss either. Um, they just, they both know how to use... Um, use their cast and they pick their cast um, so incredibly well that you're just like, you, you just, you just know if it's, if it's one of their names on the movie, you're just, you're going to enjoy it. Um, even if you like, don't really like the theme or the, um, you know, the, if it's a time piece movie, you know, you maybe don't like that time period. You're going to enjoy the movie because it's just, it's just how he does things. All right, Philly. Well, what's your, your last segment of the evening? Okay, so I hold on one second. I wanted to hear this, but I will just um, yeah. Yes. So good. Hmm? Yeah. You kind of cut out for a second. What'd you say? Yeah. Can you? What? You Good. Keep cutting out. Okay. You're saying, can y'all hear me? But all I hear is, can y'all? <laughs> okay. Can you hear me now? Am I good? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. This is going to be worth that, I promise. <laughs> I hope so, because now we're just sitting here awkwardly waiting. I'm having a lot of mic issues. Like, there's yeah. a slight delay that I can't figure out in my mic that's causing me to hear myself like a half second later. And it's almost impossible for my brain to process talking and then hear myself talk while I'm continuing trying to talk. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. I just want to take this time to roast the league. Uh, this is the Philly special for week five. <laughs> Um, so please don't take offense to 
to any of these of these roasts. I know they're going to be pretty pretty difficult. So <laughs> we'll throw that out in advance. Okay. Is this going to be a mean Philly roast? Fred, you can find obscure movie references and your team is undefeated. Boom. Commish, the Eagles are undefeated and your fantasy team only has one loss. Boom, roasted. Fern, you're named after a houseplant. Boom, roasted. <laughs> Mo, David Akers made fun of your team name and you're four and one. Boom, roasted. Gino, you beat me and you love kickers. Boom, roasted. Cheese, you're not so Gouda at fantasy football. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Carl, I can't tell whether to make a Heinz on my Johnson joke or a Steelers joke. Boom, roasted. <laughs> Billy, you're a saint and you're going to finish eight and four. Boom, roasted. <laughs> Keith, you're a beautiful man and you can hold your liquor. And Keenan Allen hates you. Boom, roasted. <laughs> Joe, you may not win a game, but your hair is majestic. Boom, roasted. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> Just devastating blows to the league here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I'm going to recover from that. I, I, don't, I don't think Fred's going to be able to post another video now. <laughs> I did warn you. I did warn you. Yeah, you did. You did. I should. I should have logged off. Where? I had to stop looking at you. I, was, I couldn't focus. <laughs> the Gouda one, man, that got me. That was that was the best one. <laughs> Jeez, you're not so Gouda. <laughs> it reminds me of the How I Met Your Mother, where they're they're they start dating other uh, Marshall and Lily start like dating other married couples, and like every time he invites them in the house, he holds up the plate and he's like Gouda. <laughs> Man, like, all I got is this cheese plate. <laughs> what a good, it's a great, good start on the the Philly special. I like that. Oh. I'll be right, back. Keith. I'll be back next week with the Keeps conundrum. I finally got something that I'm feel comfortable and passionate about. Nice, that's exciting. Oh. We, don't, we don't have a we don't have a guest next week as well, right? No, I think we no, do. The second mouse boys oh, quit yeah, on you're us. Right. You're right, like you're quitters. Right. Publicly calling you out, Second Mouse, for being quitters. For the record, we will be hosting um, some good friends uh, who host another podcast, the Second Mouse Podcast. So um, if you really enjoy just like podcasts about nothing that are just kind of bullshit, can go anywhere, I highly recommend you give it a listen. Um, pretty funny group of guys. And uh, I became acquainted with one of them um, not too long ago, and then Philly and Another one of the guys, another one of our friends, Hoke, are um, pretty close to him. So we want to we want to have them on the show. We weren't able to get we had them scheduled for the 18th, um, but um, schedules kind of fell through. So we're going to try to uh, get them in on the off season and uh, do some cross promotion here. I believe two thirds of them are Giants fans as well, so maybe they can answer these uh, That's these pressing questions for them. Yeah. We'll we'll come up with some uh, some replacement content for next week though. So. Should be back to to our regular chipper selves. Love it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. This we'll means a... that we're not going to have a guest until like first week in November. Then. Yep. Unless you want to, maybe we have Morgan on the pod. Have her talk about her fantasy football team because I think I think maybe this could be a good time to squeeze Coach Mo in. Yep. 
I don't know. I just I, I only say I only say that we can we can bring Morgan on here and she can talk about her bad fantasy football team. I don't think we think she knows she's still playing fantasy football. <laughs> That's probably true. I would I would actually love to get her opinion on waiver wire targets. <laughs> she's just gonna ask me. <laughs> I would love to. Is there? I wish there's a way you could like randomly sort the like waiver wire targets. Like like an ads, and then you could just so she didn't have any indication of like if anyone's actually good or not. She could just based on like names or players or teams they play for. She could just pick uh, waiver wire targets for us. Honestly, that could work out for because <laughs> right now I just don't think she's checking it at all. <laughs> Honestly, something's better than nothing. You should just uh, get a magic eight ball for her to you know. Should I play this? Game? I'll just tell her like, hey, flip a coin, you know. <laughs> Magic eight ball. All right. Well, stay tuned on to, to what's going to come up next week. But uh, that does it for season two, episode five of Friends and Low Expectations. Remember, fellas, and I guess fellas is gender neutral. Um, uh, yeah, I could use it. I could I could call a lady a fellow. Uh, remember, keep your your standards low and your expectations lower. We'll see you next week.